Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get to here on a Friday. Wanted to play for you. Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay's last press conference, last media availability with the media, where he really uh, tells you how he rekindled his passion for football. He's not questioning if he's going to come back next season. He will be back next season. And I wanted to play for you um, him explaining how this season, how this uh, 10-win season and playoff berth really rekindled his love for football. As you use this time to kind of reflect and when you think about the fact that you know, many people thought that this team would never even get this far. Does it kind of make you as a coach more anxious to get it going again? Or do you kind of need this pause time to kind of just look at everything and then kind of go from there? No, I'm ready to go. I, um, I don't think that, that, you know, I, obviously I, I got a little sick. I, it's like your body's in constant fight or flight mode, but no, I, I'm, uh, I am more excited about the next season. And really, we weren't ready for the year to end. I don't think anybody anticipated or expected that, Maria. Thought our guys were ready to go. And, you know, it's really hard to get to those points. I think what you appreciate, the more experience you have, is it's really difficult to even put yourself in a position to be one of those 14 teams in the tournament. And um, went wire to wire, just came up short. But we've got a lot of continuity coming back. And, We'll have a lot of resources relative to draft capital and even just some flexibility to be able to, you know, add, you know, some players or re-sign some that wasn't uh, afforded to us last year. And so I'm really excited and motivated. And I think uh, I speak for our players and coaches. Nobody was ready for the season to end, but um, definitely an excitement and a motivation to move forward. And, you know, these feelings that you have from the other day will, will carry you, uh, you know, to try to be better next year. Do you think that there'll be any changes with the coaches? We know Raheem is obviously interviewing, but um, with anybody else? You know, it'll if there's changes, Maria, it'll only be because of better opportunities. Um, you know, I feel really good about our coaching staff. I think it was good to be able to have a lot of the continuity. Obviously, there could be some chips that uh, end up falling into place relative to Raheem getting an opportunity uh, to be a head coach. Um, but uh, if if that doesn't occur and, and people don't get better opportunities, then, then uh, you know, we'll have the same group back. All right, Sean, I hope you feel better, and thank you for the time all year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Maria. Hmm? Stu. Hey, Sean, it was uh, reported after the game that Tyler Higby uh, sustained an ACL injury against the Lions. I guess just based on that, what can you clarify or confirm about his status as of today? Yeah, that's accurate. Um, you know, so he got that. 
he'll have that fixed. Um, he is a, such a tough stud and means so much to our team and in so many different ways. And it's unfortunate, but uh, he's got the right mindset and spirit. And then, uh, you know, Kyron William was able to uh, get his hand fixed yesterday and it was a successful surgery and he'll be back on the mend and, and attacking that rehab the right way. Is there anybody else besides those two that would need any sort of just off-season cleanup procedure as you guys get into that period? You know, there might be, Stu, but um, those things have not been communicated to me yet. And so um, I don't have that information. <laughs> and then just lastly, I, I, still fresh, obviously, with the result on Sunday and everything. But do you have a preliminary idea of wh what you feel like the team's needs are as far as getting it to, you know, what you want it to be capable of during the next year? I think it's really early for that. You know, I think um, there's so many emotions right after the season. And like I had mentioned to you guys when I spoke to you after the game, a lot of appreciation for this group. There'll obviously be changes like there are every single year in the NFL. I think once you uh, get a chance to step back, you know, I think it's really good to be able to give the coaches off until after the Super Bowl. That allows some of the things with the coaching carousel to clear up. And then it allows us to be able to have a fresh set of eyes to evaluate the tape or players. Um, and all the different things that we want to address to improve our football team moving forward. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Adam. Hey, Sean, just to clarify, what was the procedure that Kyron had? I'm not sure. You know, just, just a hand surgery to, to fix the broken bone that he had in that hand. Um, you know, I, I don't know specifically exactly what it was other than he had a successful surgery. Um, you know, when I communicated with both he and uh, Reggie yesterday on his hand. And then is there any kind of timeline for Tyler in terms of when he might be expected, like training camp preseason? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know that exactly. Obviously, when you get an ACL this late in the year, I would uh, be willing to bet you he'll be a candidate for PUP. Um, you know, but to put a timeline on exactly, I think you got to get that surgery um, you know, the rehab, you know, ends up, you know, kind of being different based on what what they end up really finding when you go in there and how the, you know, the, the recovery and the procedure ends up going, um, you know, to fix that. But um, I would think uh, at the minimum, he'll be a PUP guy. And then what was your reaction to Eric Henderson's new opportunity? And, you know, what are your thoughts on what he's meant to this uh, team over the years? He's been awesome, Adam. Uh, you know, came here in 2019. I mean, basically established his own culture within the defensive line room. He's had really good track record of developing people, building relationships with our players. I think there's a toughness. There's an identity that we played with on the defensive line that is a real credit to him. It was a unique opportunity, and this was something that came up a few weeks ago. Um, obviously, we love Eric Henderson and think the world of him, but – I think it was one of those opportunities where he got a chance to work with some previous relationships. Obviously, SC's an incredible program. I have a lot of, you know, I, I think very highly of Lincoln and, and what those guys will continue to do there. And, and you know, and it, it was a, it was a good chance for he and his family to, to do something that was in alignment with some of his goals. And so nothing but love on my side. And, uh, you know, we'll um, we've got some capable guys. You know, I thought AC Carter did a great job, you know, working alongside him this year. But I think the appropriate direction to go is wait to see what exact, exactly happens with Raheem before I make any decisions as it relates to um, any possible openings on the defensive side of the ball. And then lastly, you mentioned on Sunday how this team 
helped you find your way again this year? What, what was it about this group that you found so reinvigorating? I think their energy, their vibe, their relentless mental and physical toughness, um, the stamina, which they just continued to come to work, whether we were three and six or seven and one at the end of the season, um, you know, just the caliber of people. I mean, I, like I mentioned to you guys, everything is and always has been and always will be about people. And when you're surrounded by coaches and players you love and that you don't want to let down, um, you're reminded of that really quickly. And I think um, a lot of those things were, were on display. And I think part of the journey gave the appreciation that much more because of all the different things that we had to navigate through and just the steadiness and the consistency at which these players handled everything. All right. Thanks, Sean. Hope you feel better. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, hopefully you guys are out there thinking, man, he sounds like shit. Let's not ask too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Sean, um, just a small point of clarity. Is the ACL the the extent of the damage in Tyler Higby's knee? I think it was ACL and MCL, Jordan. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, wanted to, I know it's, you're probably going over the game over and over again in, in your mind at this point. Um, I wanted to ask about what the, I guess, uh, sequence of decision making was like after the third and four got pushed back because of the accepted penalty for the hold yeah uh, was there any consideration of turning that into a two down sequence or what yeah there really was you know and, th and those are things that absolutely but we got the exact coverage that i wanted on third and 14 the backside window was there for that for that dig route and um it didn't go down for us um you know in hindsight do you go for it yeah, it, it, in the moment, I felt like, let's punt it away. I still felt like with four minutes left. And, you know, I, I'm going to be the first to, to look at all the decisions. And I'm really excited about looking back and saying, where can you learn? Where can you grow? Um, and I do think you take things with a grain of salt because had we gotten that stop and then we end up going and winning that game with a field goal. But I do think that relative to how you call that two-play sequence when you know you're probably going to go for it if it's anything eight or under and really probably 10 or under in that matter um you know certainly those are things that you talk about however in the moment i felt really decisive about the call got the exact coverage that i was hunting up and it just didn't go down for us now would i have given matthew another shot in hindsight i probably would um and so those are the things that you can't neglect to uh acknowledge and make sure that as these decisions, as these decisions and situations continue to come up, you're better equipped with, you know, the full gamut of knowledge. And, and as you know, Jordan, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of layers that aren't necessarily taken into account with 22 moving parts, the feel for the flow of the game. That is a very real thing that a lot of those percentages uh, are not in tune with. Thanks, Sean. And then um, a slight, slight pivot, but. Matthew said to us post game that um, he, he he'll be back next year. Um, I only ask you this because last off season there was some some speculation and some some stuff. Um, he he sounded like you know he'll be back with the Rams. Is is the team also committed to him um, to to filling out that you know that commitment? Hundred percent, absolutely, unequivocally, yes. <laughs> Thanks. And, and I only ask because, you know, last offseason, there was a lot of. Yes. No, I totally understand it. But. Um, oh, man, that would be a good way to get me really riled up. No, we're, we're ready to go. He's ready to go and uh, couldn't be more committed to, to having him lead us next year, Jordan.
Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Dennis. Good morning, Coach. How are you doing? Doing outstanding. <laughs> um, Byron Young and Kobe Turner, how good do you feel about having these two players on your uh, defensive front? Yeah, I'm really excited about them, Dennis. I, I just think, you know, two guys that um, did a great job for us, really coachable, very much in alignment with the things that we hunt up, make up wise. I thought Kobe was excellent. His He's mature beyond his years. And I thought Byron got better as the season progressed. But, you know, these guys are going to have a full off season. They're very mature for rookies. I think they understand how important their role and the leadership that will be expected of them um, as they move forward. And, you know, we're excited to really get to work with that. That really this is a special group of young players on this team. But those two in particular were really bright spots and uh, really pleased with them, Dennis. Um, and when it comes to the defense um, overall, what was the turning point for the unit um, after the bye week? in the way they played, or did they play any different than the first half of the season? You know, I, I thought they played pretty consistently well throughout the season. Um, I thought we played better complementary football after the bye, and I thought our offense really played at a different level. Um, but I thought our defense did a much better job of, you know, getting some takeaways. I thought some of the ways that we started games were key and critical to really pull away. And then in some of the games that we didn't, I was really pleased with the overall adjustments and feel for in-game things um, and I thought that was on display the other night but I think just the overall ability to play with one another continue to get more and more comfortable I thought our defensive coaches did a great job of utilizing all of the guys that we had up and active and when you look at all the moving parts especially on the back end um, you know I thought Aubrey and, and Coach Beak and Mike Harris and Raheem did a great job of maximizing that room and getting a lot out of a lot of different guys and and they were really in it together. It was a really special group. Um, I love the leadership from Ernest Jones. And then I thought we saw a lot of really good things from those young guys up front that Dennis asked me about. Like guys like Michael Hoyt and Jonah Williams took steps in the right direction. Like guys like Bobby Brown. And, um, you know, and then obviously Aaron always makes his presence felt. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for always uh, uh, taking time for us this season. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate that. Sarah. Hey, Sean. Um, last offseason, obviously, you went through a lot of turnover on the coaching staff. You did a lot of work just building the foundation uh, of the team. What does it mean for this offseason that you don't have to go through that work and maybe just not as much? And what is what difference does that make? It'll make my wife a lot happier. I do know that, you know, where, where um, you know, you get a little bit more time. But you know, I think the best thing, Sarah, is, is that there was a very diligent and thorough process. And it really ran counterintuitive to a lot of my net nature in terms of the patience. But I thought that really paid off. We got a bunch of great people in this building, a bunch of great teachers, great men um, that did a great job of helping these players just continue to grow throughout the season. And you could tell they really cared about this group and those players felt that as well. And that's what we'll consistently look for. And that's where, man, I'd be, uh, it'd be so bittersweet because he is such a special leader and so deserving of an opportunity to lead a team. But if we do lose Raheem, um, there'll be a very patient, thorough, and deliberate process, um, you know, in the same manner that was reflected last year. We got guys in-house, and then obviously, uh, by nature of the rules, you need to interview external candidates as well. But it is a good thing. I feel really good a lot of, about, um, you know, the offensive side of the ball. And then there might be some some changes if Raheem gets an opportunity that I think is uh, well-deserved and long overdue. And then do you expect Setson Bennett to be with the team next year? 
You know, I don't know that. I, I think that's a, I think that's a conversation for another time, Sarah. I, I think he's doing better, but um, I, 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 I would be, um, I wouldn't be in a position to answer that accurately right now. Um, that's, that's probably a long ways away from me being able to answer that. Thank you. You're welcome. Gary. Uh, hey, Sean. Um, hope you're feeling better. Um, Thank you. And I'll, I'll try not to. Stretch. I sound worse than I feel. So that's a good okay. thing. You know, I don't feel as bad as I sound. Um, you know, uh, we talked to Aaron after the game. He said he, he was going to be back with Eric leaving and with Raheem possibly going. Are, have you had any conversation with Aaron and or are you concerned uh, that, you know, he may decide not to play? Yeah, you know, I think those conversations occur at the appropriate time. You know, there's so much emotion that takes place right after a game and after a season that I think, you know, and even I, I was reading earlier, you know, you see Jason Kelsey, you know, there's all these assumptions and things like that. And so I think you give guys the, the chance to really just digest the season, coaches and players alike, and, and then we'll address all those things at the right time. Hey, Coach. Um just throughout the ebbs and flows of the season, what are a couple of things that really stand out in your mind about this team that really allow you to say we have something special that we need to continue to build on um, that really gave you that, that, that confidence to, to move in that direction? The consistency throughout, regardless of whether we were getting the results we want, the consistency and their ability to come in with the right spirit, the right energy. I think the improvement that I saw you know, what I think is always a key and critical factor in good teams, Nick, is do you improve throughout the season? And I think our guys definitely did that. And there's a lot of young guys that, hey, work works. And if you continue to do that and you have a growth mindset, then I do believe that good things are in store and you're only going to continue to get better. And with the uh, the foundation um, of that locker room, some of the players that I know will be able to add, whether it be through the draft, free agency, or guys that we'll be able to re-sign and continue to work with. I'm super excited and uh, optimistic about, you know, what we got to earn. Um, but I think the uh, the motivation and the way that this season ended um, will kick us into gear the right way as we attack the offseason and, and then leading into training camp and the regular season, which it's going to be a long wait, but uh, we're excited to attack it the right way. Obviously, you didn't get the results that you were looking for in the playoffs, but how much does this help you just mentally as a head coach to kind of get recharged, obviously balancing coaching and fatherhood at the same time? How does this help you prepare to become an even better coach uh, for the 2024 season? Well, I was certainly hoping to work for a few more weeks. And then, of course, you know, you're excited. You're saying, all right, well, the only positive is you get a little bit of chance to spend some time with little man and I can't get close to him because I don't want to get his, get him sick. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this will pass, but perspective like anything, Nick is, is such a powerful thing. And so um, what a blessing that's been um, in my life. And, you know, I, I think I've kind of mentioned it to you guys a couple of times, the things that I would get upset about, you come home and you see this little guy starting to smile at you and know what the heck's going on. And, Things don't seem like they're as big a deal as what you make them sometimes. Thank you, Coach. I feel better. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, you bet. Okay, I'll try not to freeze here. Sorry about that. Um, right. 
just uh, just curious for you at least from the outside looking in this feels like a lot a lot like 17 going into 18 in terms of laying a foundation and I agree. Do, you, do you do you feel that way and and i think it's a good parallel i do i think it's a good parallel um you know if you're going to compare it to any previous years right. in my mind it's funny you ask that you know you say it did feel a lot like that now there was a couple differences but but yes in terms of you know, a lot of the young guys, you know, getting it, it does feel like this was kind of a new start to the journey that we're on. And so um, I get what you're asking. And uh, and I did feel a similar sentiment, but you got to do it. And if there's one thing that I've learned in these seven years. It's every single year is a new year. Uh, as you continue to accumulate experiences, you learn how to try to best navigate it, um, whether it be your decision making or your onboarding. And I do feel like we have a much better idea of the types of people um, and players and coaches that we want with all the turnover and um, some of the different things that we've experienced, I think will serve us well because of the approach that we'll be able to take, but this league is tough and um, we all know that, but I'm sure it's so excited to get back and compete and attack it with uh, these coaches and players next year. All right. That was Los Angeles Rams head coach, Sean McVay, again, saying, well, we all thought he is going to come back next season. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, that's right. It's the Paulie and Tony Fusco show. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 News from the California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It's now time for our regular Friday feature, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show. Pauly and Tony are two Philly guys who claim to be Sports radio legends, even though they have the absolute worst takes. If you want to hear more from them, and I don't know why you would, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Take it away, Paulie and Tony. Note, you yeah. know, we're seeing something that is just so despicable in our business, aren't we, Tony? You know, two on-air personalities picking fights with Horrible. each other in what seems so to be sad. a sad, desperate attempt to yep. get attention in ratings. Stephen A. Smith and uh, Jason Whitlock. Now, you know, that's something that 
as you know, you know, we would never do because our never. ratings are huge already. Yeah, you know, we, we don't, don't need, need to. to do this show so huge. As journalists, we feel it's our it's our duty, Tony. You know, yep. when a major story like this breaks, we got to cover gotta it. Dig yep. into this public feud yep. between these two very big voices in our industry, and uh, yep. you know, I mean, big in terms of loudness, not yeah. importance. Of course, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were going to bring both of them on the show. You know, to yep. let them each explain their side of this story, but. Yep. Uh, the show's only 23 to 24 minutes max. So, you yeah. know, that would take about five days yeah, per minimum. person at the rate they talk. And, you know, some people did say to us, uh, don't bring Jason Whitlock on the show. It's the last thing anyone needs. So, yep. you know, we decided to find someone who could explain Jason's side of the story and, you know, possibly defend him. Yep. Uh, but since there is apparently nobody on the planet willing to do that, uh, we've decided to just go ahead and bring Jason Whitlock on the show. Yeah, it was our only option. Yeah, but on the subject of options, let's talk about options in eyewear and a message from our good friends at Warby Parker. Do you wear glasses? Then you better listen up to this ad for Rise. Yeah, you know, the other day I ran into my Aunt Marie's boyfriend, Nunzio, and he said my Aunt Marie was having trouble seeing straight. And I said, because she needs glasses? And he said, no, because of the hard pounding I... Actually, you know what? Let's just uh, keep going. Yeah, let's we'll finish that story anyway. another time. Special deal for our listeners and viewers. Yeah. Get 2% off your purchase. It's so easy to do. All you got to do is go to warbyparker.com backslash glasses, backslash promotion, backslash radio, backslash Paulie and Tony number one show, backslash coupon, backslash limited time offer, and also limited time. They have hyphenated there. So uh, there you go. All yeah. right. Uh, easy money. Easy there you money. Go. And also, yep. it's time to do... One of the segments we haven't done in a while, Tony, but it's one of our yeah. most popular, where Polly and Tony were right. Where Polly and Tony were right. All right, first out the gate, the Eagles losing to the Bucks in Tampa, you know, just as we predicted. Yep, we said we going in, it. right? This looks bad. All that warm, beautiful weather sets up very poorly for a Northeast team. And, you know, exactly. we put out a clip after the game that went totally viral. It of was course. what we call bonus content. Yep. So when you think about it, all our content yeah, is bonus Everything content. is bonus. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Tony, people were criticizing the Eagles and their poor tackling. But you gave such good insight. Why don't you just remind the people? As I said, it's totally obvious why the Eagles were so very bad at tackling. Two words, suntan lotion. Yep. Our sources told us since they were playing in Florida, they were absolutely lathered in SPF 50 to protect themselves from the harmful UV rays from the sun. Yep. Coupled with 92% humidity, that made it impossible to grab anybody. Frankly, instead of criticizing the Eagles, we should be commending them for putting their skin health first. After all, there's nothing more important than player safety. Such sobering analysis there, Tony. Where Paulie and Tony were right. Another angle on this game, you know, we've been saying this for years. We all know that nothing that happens in Florida makes any sense. Totally. Fact, what happens is the reverse yep. of what should happen. I mean, the 11-win Eagles lose to the 9-win Bucks. Makes no sense. You know, you got the legendary coach, Doug Peterson, goes to Jacksonville and suddenly sucks. How is that even possible? Uh, 45-year-old, uh, decrepit, elderly Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Defies logic. The greatest college quarterback of all time is Tim Tebow. Mind-boggling. 
Uh, you know, most of the fans at Tampa Bay Rays games are Yankee fans. Just bizarre. The best pro teams in a state with 90-degree weather are ice hockey teams. I don't even have the words. And, you know, frankly, I think that if a game is played in Florida, the outcome should be immediately reversed. So the Eagles right now should be moving on to the divisional round. Absolutely on-point analysis, Tony. Where Pauly and Tony were right. You know, another thing, in all this finger-pointing at the Eagles, people are blaming Nick Sirianni. Well, what about Nick Saban? We've been saying for years, he's overrated. And now look at how terrible his quarterbacks are playing in the NFL. Jalen Hurts. Sucks. Tua. Sucks more. Bryce Young. Cat piss. You know, in fact, our sources tell us that Nick Saban retired because he was so embarrassed by his failure to properly prepare his quarterbacks for the NFL. I hope he's saving all his money because he's not going to make any anymore. Yeah. Where Pauly and Tony were right. You know, another thing, uh, people are saying this Eagles season is a failure, but that's because they're not seeing the big picture. We all know in the NFL what matters most. It's not Super Bowls. No. It's division rivalries. Division rivalries. Isn't that right, Tony? A hundred percent. The Eagles can hang their heads high because they got farther in the season than the Cowboys. The Cowboys were long gone out of the playoffs while the Eagles were still alive for a good 21, 22 hours more. That's what matters most. The Eagles were the last NFC East team standing, and it wasn't even close. Just such undebatable perspective there, Tony. Where Paulie and Tony were right. You know, talking about the Cowboys, last week we received a lot of blowback when we pointed out that Jordan Love beat Dak Prescott in the most important QB stat of all. And of course, we're talking about intended Intended air air yards. Which for you unaware fools out there is an advanced metric which measures air yards whether the pass was complete or incomplete. And you know, people said to us, oh, well, that doesn't matter. But Tony... They were proven wrong, weren't they? The only stat that matters is intended air yards. How can you do anything if you don't intend to do it first? In fact, the more a person intends to do, the better. Don't you want a QB who intends to throw for 10,000 yards? Of course. I mean, I don't want to get political here, but I don't choose a presidential candidate based on what they've done. I choose based on how much they say they're going to do. If they don't promise to fix every single problem plaguing our country, they're not getting my vote. End of story. Insightful sports and political analysis there, Tony. Where Pauly and Tony were right. Well, it's time to put on our journalism caps because I see our guests coming on the line. So let's bring them on the Fusco Satellite Network. Fusco Satellite Network. All right, uh, this guy. All right, let's bring people up to speed on what's going on with them. By, you know, people who have better things to do than waste their time on this story. You know, as we said up top, there are currently two on-air talent in our business picking fights with each other in what seems like an effort to boost their viewers and audience, which, you know, is something we don't have to do. Never. We have such a robust viewing and listening yep. audience as is, you know, in the tens of millions. But yep. as journalists, it's our duty to yep. dig into this major 
All right, kind of major story to get the truth. Now, originally we wanted to bring on someone who could explain and possibly defend the behavior of Jason Whitlock, but we couldn't find anyone who could do that. So nope. uh, instead, all right, here he is, host of Fearless on Blaze Media, Jason Whitlock. Good to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, there's a lot to no unpack here, as they say, Jason. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. You know, about. Uh, Stephen A., he came out with a book about himself, and then you went and claimed he made up a bunch of stuff in it, specifically about his high school basketball career, which I guess you think is important or whatnot. Then he publicly attacked you, and we apologize to our radio audience here, but we must quote Stephen yep. A. directly for we journalistic have to do it accurately. purposes. He yep. said you are a, quote, fat bastard and a bitch. And they quote fat fucking piece of shit and quote a roach of an individual uh, and the devil and uh, the worst human being you'll ever meet. Yep. And uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but the worst, most garbage embarrassment to the human race. And again, the gigantic fat. Fuck. OK, so that leads to our first question, Jason. How do you respond to these hurtful but somewhat accurate allegations? Mm, they're not hurtful. They're definitely oh. not accurate. Oh. I thought Stephen A. Uh, tapped into his feminine emotional energy and talked about, if you see Jason Whitlock, wrap your arms around your soul. He'll snatch your soul. Man, he sounded like a little woman. And he sounded like an actor. And he's a bit, uh, not a bit, he comes across, if you watch a bunch of his uh, interviews and you read his book, he sounds like a pathological liar. He oh. stresses the truth about everything. Yeah, now, yeah, what do you say he's lying about? Give us an example here for people who really don't care about this at all. Well, what I think he's perhaps exaggerating or misleading people, I don't think he earned a basketball scholarship at Winston-Salem State University. I don't believe it. I don't buy it. He says he did it in a one-day tryout in February of 1988, I believe. The guy never... He was on his high school basketball team for a month or two. He never was any type of player. Yeah, but my question is, why top. do you care and why should anyone care? I'm people having should, trouble caring. People should care because he's at the top of the sports media. He, he's the face of ESPN, and he's a guy that stretches the truth constantly. Okay, all right, but look at yourself, Jason. Matters. Yeah, Hold uh -huh. on. You know, you you claim to have a college football career, yeah. uh, but it appears nobody has any memory of that happening except for you. Yeah, bro. Isn't that a little strange? Uh, no, because there's film, there's pictures. I haven't seen it. I looked it up, bro. Couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> you ain't look very hard if you couldn't find it. It's everywhere. Punch my name into Google and go to images and you can see the little chubby face, 20 year old Jason Whitlock in a Ball State uniform. Hold on. Let me just do that. Hold on one moment. Jason Whitlock, chubby Ball State uniform. Yeah. Uniform. Uh, not seeing anything. Um, yeah, I do see something about going balls deep. On a greeting card, it looks like. Yeah. But I don't even know how that's related to this. Yeah. Okay, well. What are you looking you up? Know, anyway. I uh, played with Bernie Parmalee. Played. Oh, right. The great Bernie Parmalee, of course. I played against Joel Smingy. A along. Who's a next? Bob, years. I've never heard of you. What? Dick, nobody remembers you. Was that uh, someone you played with, yeah. too? Yeah. Have, have you ever heard of the number one draft pick? 
in the NFL in 1990. I think his name was Jeff George. We were high school teammates and friends. My football history is documented. That's the name you want to pick yourself to? Okay. Jeff George, he didn't go to Ball State. Didn't he go to Illinois? Yeah, he did. But we played high school football together. We grew up together. He can vouch for me. Well, we invited a bunch of people on this show, and they all turned We should have down. invited Jeff George. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This you interview would have been better George. right now if it was you Jeff set George. Y'all straight and gave y'all the truth. You should have invited Jeff. Okay, but here's what I want to know. You know, you're taking shots at Stephen A. He's got this book. It's a bestseller. It has 1,762 reviews. Meanwhile, we looked up your last book. It's got seven reviews and currently ranks 4,228,944 in all of books on Amazon. I don't really have a question here. I just want to see, aren't you jealous? Is that what's going on? I'm not jealous. And if you're talking about my collection of columns book, that came out in 2000 or 2005 or whatever. I can't, I can't even remember. Uh, that's not. Oh, see, a, you're not accurate it, with dates. It came out 20 years ago or 25 years oh, ago. Oh, but you'll, you'll attack Stephen A. for his high school basketball yeah, career. Yeah, for his half a point or half an assist. How do you average one and a half points in one game? Can either one of y'all do that? Well, hold on. You know, did you consider that maybe they got some like eighth grader, some moron to uh, score the games and he didn't know math? This is college I'm talking about. This is college where he averaged one you and know, a half You know, frankly, points. let's just not get into this because yeah. everybody's bored with this part of the story, Jason. All right. Yeah. I, I have a question for you, Jason, about your career, right? I was surprised that you're attacking someone in sports because I thought you were out of the sports business. Yeah, into you're the in politics the politics business. Shouldn't you be attacking, you know, that uh, woman on uh, NBC with the glasses, whatever her name is? Rachel Maddow? Or, no, listen, uh, have you not been paying attention? I've never left the sports world. Oh. Who spent all college football season? Telling you exactly what was going to happen with Deion. I don't consume your content, just like most of America, Jason. So please. Who told everybody knows I was the only guy standing out there telling you Deion Sanders was going to be a flop. That that their four and zero start was meaningless. We didn't bring you on here to talk about any of this. Please, our ratings are going down. Uh, We need to focus on the topic. All right, hold on. Yeah, let's get to this. Dan Lebetard. Yeah, on his show, he said. There are people out there that if they saw you in the street, they would run up and punch you. So that leads to a two-part question. Who are these people? And two, do you think they'd be potentially interested in, you know, a pay-per-view cage match with you that we could arrange, you know, just for journalistic purposes? I think you're talking about Mike Ryan and one of little Dan's sidekick minions says that he beat me up and he sounds just like another Stephen A. Smith, a guy talking tall trash. Uh, look, man, I'm 56 years old. I'm not fighting anybody. I, I, I live in a state, you got a right to carry. Uh, Dan and these guys <laughs> live in a state in Florida where you got a right to carry. They, they, they make guns for old people like me, so we don't have to do any more fighting. So, so basically, anyone comes up, you're shooting everybody. Just boom, 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 boom. I'm just saying. I, you know, I live in a red state for a reason. What if someone's like, "Oh, can I have your autograph?" Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> if someone attacks me, yeah, that that we still have a right to defend ourselves in this country. 
Yes. Oh, so, you know, and I again, this is just for journalistic purposes. Are you saying that you would shoot at Stephen A. Smith if you saw him? You know, I don't want this becoming like, you know, some kind of clickbait headline on Yahoo yeah. Sports or Yardbarker, but it does sound like you were saying Jason Whitlock will shoot Stephen A. Smith, announces it on number one Fusco show. Is no, that what you're saying? I, I, what I said was I would flick Stephen A. Smith on his forehead and he would fall over crying in a fetal position. I, I, I could, I could, I would pimp slap. Stephen you know, we find this very troubling. This, this is, is like shades of West Coast versus East Coast beef. Yeah, you're you know, like the Biggie big e and Tupac. Right. Yeah, you're Biggie, obviously. Well, what, what, you know, are you? Do you want to repeat that kind of history? I do not, but. You know, these guys want to bring smoke to me. This does seem like it's escalating into rap wars, except just not as glamorous or as interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's not a rap war on, on my end. I got nothing but love for any of these guys. I'm not looking for trouble from anybody, but guys want to talk tough and bring it to me. Okay. Well, how do you respond to the allegations that you are doing this just for views? Yeah. Like, actually, hold on. Before you answer that, don't forget you can get 20% off in the official Fusco Show merch store January 24th to the 28th. Okay, Jason, now go ahead and answer that question. I think they're truthful allegations. How about that? No, I'm do yes. Everything I do on my show. Oh, you is do about getting no. viewers. There but you I, go. I tell the truth on my show because truth is in such short supply. And so, yeah, I'm exposing the truth about Stephen A. Smith. He's a plant. He's got a fictional background and narrative. Cat Williams in his interview with Shannon Sharp was pointing out these people. And I just pointed you to one in the sports media world. No different than Kevin Hart. No different than what Cat Williams was talking about. Jason, Jason, I got to say, I'm very, I'm very concerned about what you're doing here. You know, yeah, we're concerned here. You know, as Stephen A. said, while he was calling you a fat bastard, you know, we're all part of the sports media community. And it's important that we all treat each other with respect. Yep, we're a family. So we're yeah. going to do one last thing here. We want you to look in the camera. You know, there are a lot of people in this business who look up to sports journalists. They don't look up to you mostly, but they look up to sports journalists. Yep. And they're looking to you right now to set an example. So just look at the camera and apologize to Stephen A. Smith. And let's just settle this beef right now. Come on. Stephen A., had I known you were not man enough to handle a book review, I would have never written and talked about your book Straight Shooting Lies, I think is what it's called. A memoir. Oh, in the bestseller, Straight Shooter. Keep yeah. going. Get the oh, title right, Jason. So, you, this I'm is sorry. part of the apology. So, Go. Yeah. So, Stephen A., I apologize that you're not as manly as Mitch Album. I wrote a tough no. review All right. his you know book. What? Okay. You know okay, what, Jason? That's it. You don't want you know to what? take advice from we anyone. We tried to help you. I'm apologizing. Here's some advice. Yo. You're off the show. You're off the show. You went locked out yeah. for good. Like See ya. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Paulie and Tony. I can't believe those guys got uh, Jason Whitlock to talk about Stephen A. Smith. Quite the coup. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. Stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.